welcome back to Power and Consequence, a podcast about propagandists, demagogues, grifters, and liars. I am your host, Matt, and today we are going to focus on the various uh, levels of propaganda that were disseminated leading up to and on September 14th, California's recall election. Uh, but first, I want to welcome back my compatriots on this wonderful journey into the world of far-right politics, uh, if you can call it that. Uh, first up, we have podcaster, writer, aspiring novelist, Destiny Fox Cano. What's up, Destiny? Hey, hey. Are we having fun? Always. Quiche oh. in the oven. Quiche Super in the fun. oven. Damn right. <laughs> Quiche in the oven. And welcoming, welcome back. Uh, Destiny, actually, you pulled the hat trick, right? You're for three for three on this series. Yeah, huh? That, yes, that's a sports reference. I can tell oh. you totally got that. So. I, Yeah, eyes like a deer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No worries. And welcome back to the show, our good friend Jelani. What's up? Hello again, everyone. Thanks for having me on again. Yep. Yep. Good to have you. Good to have you. I, I, I'm liking the chemistry, we three, going down this journey together. I, it doesn't at all drive me to drink. And I'm drinking again. And this time I'm not having whiskey, just for the record. I feel I could, when I was editing the last episode, I could hear myself kind of going off the rails at the 30 minute mark. So, to, yeah, so today I've got a Tokyo Black Porter from Nagano, which is very delicious, and I'm probably going to have that second can halfway through. Is anybody else uh, enjoying an adult beverage? Uh, today I have current capitulation from Original Pattern Brewing uh, over here in Jack London, uh, California. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Destiny, you're going to keep it sober this time? I am. I'm going to a bachelorette weekend tomorrow and obviously that means you should price not drink until then so <laughs> save up save that liver i'm saving my liver capacity for for that buck that's for sure fair enough fair <laughs> enough all right well with that uh i just want to get into it but first i want to do a little warm-up okay so anna sent me a clip uh, a couple days ago and i thought it was just delightful and i wanted to share it with uh, all of you and i decided to make this into a little bit of a game okay so basically here's what we're gonna do i am going to recite a small section of the clip out loud in a neutral voice uh and then i'm gonna give you guys three choices and each choice is a description of what kind of event i'm quoting from okay so we everybody ready okay this is all right this is my best neutral voice <clears throat> You remind me of the guy in high school that took my girlfriend. Then you went on to the next girl. Am I quoting from A, a person speaking at a school board meeting about mask mandates, B, uh, a paid advertisement for a political candidate, or C, a pundit speaking to an opponent on a cable news uh, debate segment? Let me know if you want to hear it again. I say A. I'm somewhere between A and C, but I'm just going to choose C because Destiny chose A. Okay. Mix it up a little. So, Destiny, you're choosing A, person speaking at a school board meeting about mask mandates. And, Jelani, you are choosing C, pundit speaking to opponent uh, on cable news uh, debate segment. I got that right? That's correct. Okay. Well, you're both wrong. It turns out. Awesome. <laughs> turns wow. Out, yeah. This was a paid advertisement courtesy of Larry Elder and fam. And here is the full clip. You remind me of the guy in high school who took my girlfriend, then went on to the next girl. You still think you're better than everyone else. You shut down public schools, 
why your kids went to private school. Even now you live by different rules. You closed tiny coffee shops while you ate dinner at the fanciest restaurant. $12,000 for wine. You've lost touch with reality. This is not about political parties. It is about you, Gavin Newsom. Recall Newsom. Bring us together. <laughs> is he trying out for like Broadway or something? Like, <laughs> was that tonality? I just can't even. That is yeah. so very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for by Elder for Governor 2021. Um, so the guy who originally people had to pay post- for that. I'm sorry, it just sounds like a rant he did well, and so recorded on his who, phone. Who did it. Um, uh, he uh, he actually gave an interview to uh, to Variety because people were like genuinely like, "Are you okay, guy? You're going through some stuff." Right? <laughs> so the guy guy by the name of Gold, right? And uh, he gave an interview. Is that his first or last? Name? I think his I think his name's Albert Gold. Um, professional that I am, I forgot put his first name his last name is gold i want to say albert gold but i'm probably wrong anyway mr gold it says it in the commercial uh let's see so from the variety article um in an interview with variety on thursday gold said that the ad makers actually had to tone down his anger at the governor uh quoting him directly quote i would have gone with perhaps stronger wording they wanted to have a calmer presentation so did Gavin Newsom actually take his girlfriend in high school? So yes. So he asked him about that. Yeah. Um, he says that the stolen girlfriend line is based on true story, but he didn't want to go into details other than to say it was not in high school. Quote, it was in college. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it was a long time ago. It's an irrelevancy for me. Um, and Gold said, "Why bring it up?" Well, so see, because he's you're petty. Like, <laughs> So Gold said the point is that he considers Newsom as uh, to be an elitist. Quote, it goes back to the age of lords and kings and queens. We're the peasants. We really don't matter. We're just the peasants. So I just thought that was neat. I just wanted to share that with y'all. So originally, the plan for this week was to break down Elder's reaction to the campaign results, as we know. Um, I watched the, his sort of concession speech, right? Uh, some described it as sounding more like the beginning of a campaign rather than the end. Elder used the same stats. Uh, he talked about people moving out of California, talked about water policy. I think he might've mentioned education and he talked about, um, um, environmentalist blocking, uh, expansion. And, you know, as someone who loves listening to propagandists, uh, I found that was kind of a disappointment. It was a big nothing. I don't know if either of you watched it or not. I don't have the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was lackluster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, but fun fact: uh, the stop fraud section of Elder's website is actually gone. Uh, it was linked to a stop CA fraud website, which was also funded by the Elder for Governor twenty twenty one group that paid for that ad you just listened to. Uh, so that kind of got me thinking, and I remembered that you know this thing is so much bigger than an opportunist like. Larry Elder. And, you know, I kind of lost sight of that because I, like a lot of people, kind of got stuck on, oh, shit, he could actually win, you know? Uh, As it turns out, he got trounced. I think early numbers is uh, 67% no on recall. So, I mean, it was, I mean, not even close. Not even close. It was like a... I just want to share like a day or two after we recorded the, that second episode, um, I I was walking the dogs along the shore and this, um, 
Latina lady just walks, elderly Latina lady is like walking by, talking on the phone with someone. And she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to vote for that elder guy. He seems like such a great guy. And I just like whip my head back like, no. <laughs> so I'm glad that her vote did not uh, upturn things here <laughs> or overturn things. <laughs> no, no, I would have been shocked. I, I, yeah, yeah. It, it, the the whole thing is just looking back on it, not silly. I mean, I think that if Democrats and left left leaning voters were complacent, that maybe it could have snuck up on us. Um, ironically, I guess Trump uh, Trump, excuse me, say Freudian slip. Ironically, I think Elder kind of helped in this regard because he's just so Trumpian. But yeah, it's just like this thing is in the greater context, you know, and I don't want to sound like an alarmist here, you know, I mean, but this was an example of, of a larger strategy that's at work here, you know, and I, and I, I hope I don't come off like a conspiracy theorist. So um, today, what I want to do is sort of demonstrate the various levels of propaganda surrounding this thing. And I want to start with the surface level. So leading up to the election day, uh, it became clear Newsom was statistically likely to survive the recall. You know, I mean, we're talking double digit margins, further kind of demonstrating that perhaps that uh, poll in July or that freaked everyone out was probably an outlier, right? Thank God. And so on September 11th, right, a um, local news outlet based in Los Angeles, KTLA, right, they ran a segment concerning voter issues at a couple of polling places. Uh, specifically mentioned was El Camino Real Charter High School in Woodland Hills, right, down in SoCal. So uh, here's the opening of that segment. Yeah. Hello, Court and Rick. This is quite a story. Good question. What is going on? We spoke with several concerned voters here in the West San Fernando Valley who believe something wonky had been going on at places like El Camino Real Charter High School in Woodland Hills. This place opened up as an early polling location, open 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily, but several people tell us they showed up to vote this morning in the special California governor recall election and were told that computers showed they had already cast their ballots. So what? Staffers, they say, were apologetic and helpful, but those voters we talked to are extremely concerned, suspicious, and wanting answers. Yeah. So I'm not a journalist, uh, but wonky and rhetorical what is not how I would speak while I'm insinuating which he clearly is, that there's an issue with casting ballots in the recall election. I mean, am I alone in this? Did, I mean, that didn't seem... It, I could feel it coming through on this guy, you know? So there, there is this broader issue. Um, I, I actually, I feel like there's an opportunity for a whole other episode on this, but I think within <laughs> the media, uh, you, you have this idea that you need to pander to certain demographics and speak in a way that's very captivating. Um, and quite frankly, it annoys me because, <laughs> yes, using words like wonky and asking rhetorical questions, that doesn't show like that you're being an investigative journalist. <laughs> it shows that you're just trying to attract me and get my attention. Um, and then also, like I said, this I, I think this should be a whole other episode, but I feel like there's a real problem when it comes to accessing reliable information, uh, both in read red form and in visual form, whether it's on TV or, or the YouTubes uh, or other sources, uh, because you have to pay money to get to the reliable sources. 
and people are cheap. <laughs> and so this is a result of free news. That's free news that you're looking at where it's like wonky and what? And uh, I was expecting to hear uh, a soundboard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wah, wah. yeah. <laughs> I agree with the cheapness. I finally broke down and I was like, I will pay $1 a month for the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Full disclosure on cheapness. I saw an offer for the LA Times, $1 for the first six months and then recurring. So I did it. But I also set a reminder in my phone for five months and 20 days to cancel that thing, you know, because I'm cheap. But no, and here, you know, it's funny you bring that up. It's like, yeah, the, the paywall to information, which, you know, like you said, Johnny, that could lead to a whole other discussion on like at what point is like, you know, the the public good related to um, the uh, the the need for accurate reporting. And, you know, another thing I was wondering about, it's just like I wonder if he is that language. It's not because like he's pandering or maybe he is, but maybe that just says something to like the average Americans like vocabulary or, or, or ability to relate you know, because if he starts going in there with $10 words, I wonder if, if that's the audience that he's trying to sell to. You know what I mean? Like, even even if they weren't cheap, so to speak. Like, you know, I mean, nothing against the good people of the WWE, but, I mean, you know, pay-per-view wrestling matches. I mean, you got to pay for that. And, you know, people there aren't worried about, you know, Oxford scholarly vocabulary. <laughs> so, I, you know, just I'm a wrestling fan myself, uh, just for the record. But yeah. Uh, I, I hear you, and, and I think that's kind of the point I'm making here. I think the media knows who they're talking to, and they address them that way. Uh, but to counter your point, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, I don't want to say dressing up or speaking up the language, but speaking in a more direct way and not necessarily trying to grab your attention. Uh, it is boring, <laughs> but... It, you get through all the noise and you can get straight to the point. And rather than uh, saying, check back in 10 minutes after all these commercials for the real story, you just get straight to the point and, you know, investigate, say, hey, what's really going on with these computers? Why does it uh, say that people have already voted? <clears throat> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so the reporter, Chris Wolf, right, uh, he goes from there and he cuts to an interview with 88-year-old Estelle Bender, uh, one of the persons that was affected by what was ultimately identified as an issue with the equipment, all right? So pay close attention to Wolf's interview style as uh, Bender describes basically what happened. What happened today and how shocked are you? Very. I went to El Camino High School to vote got there at 10.30, gave her this, and she scanned it, and said, you voted. And I said, no, I haven't. And she said, this has been happening all morning. The man next to me was arguing the same thing. So as I left, I did the provisional ballot, and left. I was just really angry, and I saw two women walking toward me as I left, and I said, don't be surprised if they tell you you've already voted. And she said, they've already done that. If I voted, how did I vote? And who did you vote for? Well, I asked the couple, the young women that I talked to, and I said, are you by any chance Republicans? She said, yes. And I said, well, so am I. And so are the two friends that had the problem at VFW. So. Makes you suspicious. 
I would think so. <laughs> and still, I'd like to know how I voted. Yeah. So any, any, any thoughts on the interview style of Chris Wolf? I mean, he just kind of let her say her old spiel. So I don't know if there was much to the interview. Well, so. I mean, are you referring to the leading question <laughs> I, you asked? I, I am, doing, oh, oh, I okay. am referring Sorry. to the leading that question. That went over my head. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, it's very obvious that he's asking leading questions in order to stir up a frenzy. Um, my first question in my head to myself when he asked, uh, how did you vote? I'm like, what does it have to do with whether or not she voted already and anything that's going on right now? Um, and I, I just wish that I was the one being interviewed so I can just ask him, what does it have to do with anything that's going on right now and kind of <laughs> nip that in the bud? Because that, I think that's the problem. Like people allow people to ask questions like that, like, oh, you know, well, what about your other friends? Were they Republican too? And all it is is sewing up controversy over nothing. Like, how about we ask, isn't it weird that everyone who walked in was having the same problem? Like, shouldn't that be a red flag that, hey, maybe something's going on with the system as a whole and not just, oh, the problem's with me and because I'm a Republican. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's SoCal and that part of SoCal is traditionally uh, leaning more towards uh, GOP voting blocks. That's actually changed in recent years, uh, or at least so I've read. I mean, Destiny, you lived in the southern part of California for for a good while. Yeah. Or at least long enough to to get that. Um, I don't know. Did, did you ever get that feel like it was a pretty solid GOP block down there? I mean, that might have been before your voting time, but. Yeah, I was only there until I was about 16, so I never really got into politics yet or really cared about it at that age. Don't Doesn't make me. any different than most American teenagers. <laughs> so the first thing that I noticed was just like, you know, if this were a court of law, I mean, somebody would object to how he's talking to her. You know, it's like he's you're clearly leading her down the path. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And Was there any correlation? Oh, we're going to get there. Okay. Again, this is the okay. surface level. Okay, we're. I'm like, I'm, 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 fe I'm feeling the conspiracy. Let's see where it goes. Oh, I'm gonna take y'all on a journey. <laughs> so, you know, it didn't take long to uh, for OAN, Breitbart, Newsmax, and people like Marjorie Taylor Greene to lean into the uh, quote Republicans are being denied right to vote type of narrative. All right. Uh, in fact, Breitbart News. I mean, reputable that they are. Uh, that was one of the most questionable sort of headlines that they ran with so much so that uh the pointer institute's politifact had to look into this right their their headline claimed that you know republicans are being denied the vote right the implication being only republicans so uh politifact looked into that um basically uh there's no mention that Republicans were specifically targeted or that this was anything other than equipment failure. No one was turned away, by the way, without being offered a provisional ballot, as was being said, which is kind of the whole point of the provisional ballot, right? And here's another thing. Like, it, it's clear that all those, those quote-unquote news outlets I just mentioned, they're trying to insinuate that this is voter fraud, right? Or some way stealing the election. So if this is about voter fraud, right, it's really lame. Because, I mean, we're talking a couple of thousand people, right, total, in an election where at least 9 million ballots have been received so far. Um, and GOP voters statistically are more likely to vote in person. So why would you try to screw with their ballots in a way that they would immediately discover the way that they did? I, it, it doesn't add up to me, but that's where they're going with this. 
That, and I'd like to point out that she literally said right after that she filled out a provisional ballot and everyone else in the room was filling out provisional ballots. So once again, you kind of have a big nothing burger. Oh, the computer didn't work. We're letting you fill out the provisional ballot. Go on about your day. Pretty much. But they were very mad about that. They didn't like that, you know, which I was just like, well, I thought you guys wanted in-person voting, but whatever. So uh, KTLA, uh, the news outlet that started this, right, they produced a segment on their website on September 13th, two days later, right? And that was with the t- <laughs> this is the funny part. I feel like they kind of realized they screwed up here. Uh, that segment had the title, California Republicans Push Unfounded Fraud Claims Ahead of Recall Election. Here's the opening paragraph to the accompanying uh, print version. Quote, California Republicans were trying to contain a fire of their own making a day before voting ends in the recall election against Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom, persuading their voters to turn out Tuesday, even as party leaders promoted unsubstantiated claims that the race was rigged or compromised by misconduct. Uh, That same article mentions explicitly there's no evidence of such, but no mention of the September 11th uh, segment where they very irresponsibly uh, insinuated that there was. So this is just, you know, this is very basic, basic, like, you know, clickbait type journalism. And by itself, it's not that harmful, right? I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody raided El Camino High School and set fire to it or anything. So just keep that in mind. Uh, as we move forward, uh, that original segment was less than two minutes long on a local n- news station. All right. Are we ready to go to level two? Let's do it. Destiny, yep. you ready? I'm ready. You look apprehensive. I'm taking another sip. There we go. There we go. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm halfway through beer one. Beer two is getting drank before this is over. <laughs> the quiche is looking cheesy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be slurring by the time we're done here. It's going to be amazing. So, uh, Deeper we shall dig. Uh, this is this next part. This is from an OAN show. Uh, everyone's a fil- familiar with One American News Network. It's a uh, it's a a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's San Diego based uh, news outlet. Uh, the darling of the Herring family. And there's if you want to know about them, there's plenty of exposés and documentaries on YouTube and all over the net. I suggest you check them out. They're very very fun to watch. Um, yeah, I think Johnny did one too. John Oliver. Did? John Oliver. I think he did one. Oh yeah, he did. Special didn't he? on them for folks yeah. that like that. <laughs> ah, good old John Oliver, my favorite British American. So, yeah, I'm gonna check that out later. This is a show called Real America with Dan Ball, and right off the right out of the gate, we've got ourselves a racist dog whistle. Real America, right? It's just this is this is a term that's been appropriated by the the white supremacy movement wherever they claim it may have started uh, for decades. You know, there's real America and there's everything else, which is basically the West and East Coast, depending on who you ask, anywhere where there's people of color. So this, uh, these clips we're going to listen to uh, were from a segment that aired on September 13th. Oh, and by the way, about Dan Ball, he's had a tumultuous career in journalism. Uh, he's been let go, possibly fired from at least two local media outlets over the years. Um, he's on the record as voting for Trump twice and run ran unsuccessfully for Congress against uh, Democratic Rep Raul Ruiz in California's 36th district. Um, he, it was not even close. So this is his opener for his show. He really sets the tone. 
I'll tell you, you can probably tell I've been a little intense in this episode because of the mandates that our dictator-in-chief put in place last week. But now I have a big smile on my face because we are a day away, hopefully, from history. Yeah, he, so he, he, he thinks that something good is going to happen. Something with the election is going to happen. He's, he believes that they could actually pull this off at this point. And I remind everyone at this point, like polls are already showing double-digit margins in, in Newsom's favor. So, yeah, that was just a just a little teaser, you know, calling Newsom a dictator, and he gets right into it. Things are heating up in the Golden State, and it looks like Newsom could be out. However, there's more reports of wrongdoing. That's right. Take a look. KTLA News, this is an independent station in Los Angeles, if you don't know. Uh, they're saying that folks, mainly Republicans, showed up at a charter school in the San Fernando Valley to cast their ballots, and they were told that the computers showed they already voted. What? But they didn't. That's right. They did not vote. I feel like Dan Ball went to the same school of journalism as Chris Wolf. He did the same what? You know? <laughs> so my biggest issue with these people <laughs> is that they, they know that their listeners are not going to dig into the story. Oh, hell no. Uh, they know they're just going to take it at face value, get spun up. And so it's just, it's so odd to me that, you know, just... At least for me, I always try to prove myself wrong. I always try to prove things that I hear from other people wrong. Like, that's the leg I start with. Like, like let's disprove what I heard. Um, and the people who listen to this, they, they just they will soak it all up and then go get angry and spew it on Twitter and, and the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Destiny, where, where do you think he's going with this one? Because, I mean, we got a few clips from Dan Ball. Where, where, where do you think a top-shelf investigator like him is going to take us? Uh, keep in mind, OAN <laughs> is currently being sued by Dominion for— Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So for keep that in mind. So he's got he's to walk a fine line here. And uh, Okay. Um, he's going to start throwing in some questions like, isn't it odd— that this would happen at this time and date. Doesn't it seem like they're trying to do X, Y, Z? What? <laughs> Careful, you might get a job. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, they don't pay well. I just watched another uh, documentary on YouTube. They do not pay well. I think like you start you at sure? like 14 bucks an hour to edit their video. I'm sure someone's getting paid very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dan Ball probably gets gets okay money. But yeah, uh Destiny, you're 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 right on the ball. Uh and uh sorry I had to Excuse me, the ovary. Thank oh. you. Boom. <laughs> Dan Oh, can we make a parody character called Dan Ovary? Yes. Yes. Done. Okay. We're gonna do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Dan, being the, like I said, being a crack investigator, what he's going to do is he's going to go ahead and supply us with more examples, right, of uh, various voter fraud. That's just one instance. There's been other. We told you about the uh, convict with the gun and the drugs and the money with 300 ballots in his car. We showed you a video of the two ladies with the master key opening boxes and pulling ballots out. We told you about the folks, uh, almost 2,000 of them in Ventura County that got the text message saying, thanks for voting, and they didn't vote. So there's some stuff going down. I, like I've said, get the ballot like I'm going to do tomorrow, fill it out, take it down, make them drop it in the box in your polling station. Okay, that escalated quickly. <laughs> he has a lot of faceless 
folks to uh, just throw out there. Yeah. And the people in the clown car, their their ballots were also (laughs) missing. Oh, my God. All 20 of them. I, by the way, I don't know how deep y'all dig into conspiracy theories. When um, the whole federal election fiasco was going, there was one conspiracy that North Korea delivered the fake ballots in a boat to Vermont. And is this with the bamboo strands on the on the paper? Yes. Oh, no, that's different. No, no. Oh, there's the ba- no. Yes, there's the bamboo, yeah. the North Korean bamboo, <laughs> and and the and the the blockchain. There was the blockchain. Destiny, you look so confused. Yes. I'm just trying to not make my brain hurt too much. Rationalizing. I'm a huge fan of conspiracies. Uh, I just want to say that. like, um, Just because of how wild they can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the bamboo paper was uh, a really good one for me. Um, just because of how serious people were about them investigating and... and, and what I don't get, like I said, sometimes it just, it spawns a core question and it's like, what if the paper was made from bamboo? Like, what does that really mean <laughs> about the validity of your vote? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, because I... <laughs> Because I know there was a connection to like the the Maricopa County audit and you know cyber ninjas they were you know they were testing yes. for the bamboo fibers and yes. I, honestly I'll be I'll level with you I should have looked into that I didn't I will and I assumed it had some xenophobic racist thing to do with China because they're communists absolutely yeah it sounds like they're just trying to like ride the racist you know kung flu you know China virus thing still in this insinuation which is obviously dumb (laughs) spoiler alert that will come up later oh god yeah 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 so uh oh god so i just real quick he dan fired off a lot of stuff right there okay so first thing person found with the ballots okay uh Dan is referring to an arrest that happened in Torrance, California on August 16th. A man was found passed out in a vehicle in a parking lot in the city of Torrance. Uh, He was reportedly in possession of a loaded firearm, multiple RADs, narcotics, thousands of pieces of mail, which included approximately 300 unopened mail-in ballots. All right. Now, fun fact, August 16th was the day that counties began sending out the ballots. So, I'm no detective, but, you know, it's just like making a leap from somebody who is suspected, clearly, of opening up a bunch of mailboxes and stealing all the mail, or maybe robbing a mail truck, and going to somebody is specifically, you know, tampering with the election. I mean, that's a huge leap, to say the least, in this regard. So that's it, by the way. That's it. That's the end of that story. So he's using that to insinuate proof positive of voter tampering. First of all, so second one uh, regarding this uh, women with master key thing that he's referring to. Okay, so a video started making the rounds uh, on social media in mid-August, like 17th, 18th. Right? It showed two people opening mailboxes, and it looks like an apartment, you know, uh, an apartment building lobby, you know, uh, and they appear to open all the boxes. Uh, the same way that the mail carrier does. You know how they do. They got that master key and then they all come down at once, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can see them taking mail. Uh, there's no way to determine, though, if it was just ballots or all mail. Uh, one of the ways that this caught a lot of traction was Adam fucking Corolla. 
So Adam Carolla tweeted about it with a leading question on Twitter, you know, for his followers asking whether they were stealing ballots or just all mail. You be the judge. And there was no further coverage after that. That's it. That's it. That's all they got. That's that's what Dan Ball's referring to. A guy who stole mail and a video of people who stole mail. That's it. That's all you need. Ignore everything else. You've got a case. Clearly. Um, And just by the way, for all you listening, Google mail theft with master key. And I guarantee you several stories are going to come up from years ago uh, about thieves using USPS uh, box keys to commit thefts has nothing in particular to do with any kind of election or ballots. It's just a thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, people steal all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, got, it, it's a thing, a thing that happens, you know. So, although the the U.S. Postal Service is going to come up later in our story in a very fun way, so I'm excited. All right, so uh, now that Dan has uh, shown us strong evidence of fraud, right? Uh, he brings on a special guest and proceeds to make the wrong point while asking him a question. Joining me now, though, I got to give kudos to this guy and bring him back on before tomorrow's final day. He is the founder of the Recall Newsom campaign, Oren Heatley. Oren, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done. Let's take a step back since the Democrats have been calling this the Republican recall and trying to say that January 6th racist insurrectionists started all this crap. That's BS. Take us back real quickly. When did you start all this? How long ago, by the way? We, we launched, we filed our paperwork back in February of 2020, and we were given clarify. approval to circulate the petition on um, June 10th. So before COVID and before January 6th, this was way back when. Okay, thank you. Just wanted to clarify. So pointing that out, how long ago this has been sort of like in the making that kind of defeats the messaging of a lot of the candidates themselves who relied heavily on Newsom's policies in response to the pandemic as a reason for the recall, you know? So that right off the top of my head, Jelani, you look like you got some thoughts. Cause he said before COVID and COVID is called COVID-19. It, it's been around since December of 2019. So this was not before COVID. I, so, I mean, good, good, good catch. I, I think he's re- he's most likely referring to uh, the policies that were put in place in response to COVID getting out of control, which really started mid March. I think is yeah, how he's going to justify March. that. Yeah, I don't know. All right, <laughs> okay, sir. Just ignore the facts, and your right? story holds, Jay. <laughs> I so but you know it's funny you guys are going to find out that Orrin Hatch who is a tw- he was uh, do you guys know anything or excuse me Orrin Hatch uh don't even want to talk about that guy uh Orrin Hitley Heatley um do you guys know anything about this guy at all Is that the guy who just got covid yeah, Uh yeah a couple uh last month actually No uh this month yes that's him Very good uh-huh. Destiny you know anything about this guy Probably just as much as Jay just said. I, mean, I didn't know that was his name. I just heard some dude got COVID. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Oren Hetley is a retired deputy sheriff for Yolo County. Uh, Yolo. Yep, you better believe it. Uh, the New York Times discussed how the uh, first attempt to recall Newsom actually came uh, a few months after his inauguration in 2019. Um, and that same piece talks about uh, also... 
Orrin Hetley. Uh, fun fact, he was banned from Facebook in September of 2020, uh, probably in connection to a, a quasi-militia group, uh, but Facebook never went fully public with exactly why. Oh, that's um, cool. Nothing like... Nothing like- <laughs> coordinating an insurrection on the sidelines uh, uh, and, and again keep that in mind because you know dan ball he teed that one up as oh you know this connection between the recall and the militia movement and racism and white supremacy that's just that's bunk you know that's that's how he's doing it so i just kind of have a little fun here for a moment <laughs> Go. Uh, i went up and looked up our friend Oren, and <laughs> uh, like you know, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. Oh no! But is he with as his a black dog? Man in America, I would definitely cross the street if I saw this guy walking <laughs> toward me. Is, is he with uh, his German Shepherd? No, he's just he has a Colonel Sanders mustache and he's yelling into a microphone or something. Oh, um, it has a very stern. It's the furrowed eyebrows uh, that our, our friends on Fox News are very good at. Uh, he, he's pulling that off. Um, De- Destiny, yeah, just, yeah. I had to give him some. I, I, I had to. It's too easy. De- Destiny, you, are you looking at this guy? I'm trying to. I I think I found a picture here. H e a t l i e. Okay. Orin with two O R R I N. Yeah, yeah. I got a picture. <laughs> Well, honestly, when he was starting to talk about the insurrection and, you know, <laughs> you know, the obvious, you know, white supremacist ties to that. And he was like, no, no, this goes way, way back. And I, I was just in my head like, yeah, it does go way, way back, <laughs> way, way back. All That's the surprising. way back. All yeah. the way back. A well, like hundred something, couple hundred years goes all the way uh, I back. I mean, uh, before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't evoke any calm in me when I see him, but that's only because I know a little bit about him. So, by the way, he also once posted uh, that undocumented persons should be microchipped like dogs. So, that's who we're dealing with. So, you should say the same for unvaccinated people. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. <laughs> see, see how fast he gets spun up then. Oh, dude, he his head would explode. Um, and you know... As for uh, connections between Oren and extremists and the recall movement, uh, the LA Times actually reported on that pretty well on January 23rd, 2021, just coming a couple of weeks off of the January 6th insurrection. Uh, the article's pretty good. I'll link it in the show notes. It outlines the connection between the recall movement, various groups and individuals linked to anti-vaxxers, QAnon, the Proud Boys, various offshoot groups. Uh, it even uh, gets a couple of quotes uh, from Oren regarding like how he squares a ostensibly bipartisan movement uh, with, you know, being linked to extremists. Uh, and from Oren, quote, do we have to denounce everybody that is involved to move it forward? Uh, or do we just move forward and ignore those other elements? You know, so uh, he doesn't really answer there. Um, from the LA Times article, quote, uh, recall officials, including uh, Hatley, all said it is unfair to hold the campaign accountable for the individual actions of its volunteers and supporters, and they are unable to monitor where signatures are gathered. The main thrust of the article is a lot of these signatures on the petition on the recall uh, petition are people linked to these extremist groups. 
So that's like them trying to defend that. Um, quote, you cannot control a movement, said Randy Economy, a federal, a veteran political consultant who is the recall's uh, senior advisor and chief publicist. It's not our job to manage what somebody says about the recall at a public event. So they're saying that even though they started this movement and even though there's like an out sort of an inordinate number of extremists that are supporting it, that's not their problem because they can't be linked directly to them. So I really like their ideology. I just wish they could apply it towards Black Lives Matter. (laughs) (laughs) Because. BLM, BLM. (laughs) I can't say the whole thing out loud. (laughs) Are we really? No, they can't. (laughs) No, I'm just. Uh, it's yeah it's just it's really interesting to me how sometimes people just want to pick and choose when they can be forgiving Uh, i'll say this politically um and so like you mentioned earlier that oh you know why do we have to pay attention to this loose affiliation to white supremacist groups we're trying to move forward from that yeah Um, not even move forward just like do we have to even acknowledge that must we Um, and, but at the same time, if I smoked weed 10 years ago and I get caught in a traffic stop, it's okay for me to get shot. Um, and so it's just, it's very weird how they can apply it to themselves, but they can't apply it to other people. Yeah. I mean, it it kind of, it really highlights without them even realizing it because they're so tone deaf, the, the underlying obvious problem that's going on here. I mean... I, I don't know. D- Destiny, let me ask you this. Do you, and I think I know what you're going to say, any defense of that position, which if I got this right, people that were associated with the recall effort saying pretty much, yeah, they are extremists, but we can't control who wants, who puts their signature down or what they say about it. You know, is there, am I being unfair? Is there any room for understanding in that position at all? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if we even think about like our judicial process, right? Like we have to examine all the facts. We can't just like ignore the things that we don't want to look at (laughs) to make judgments. So no. (laughs) Nice. I like it. Definitive to the point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a big, that's a big old dodge and it's bullshit. And again, that interview was done a couple of weeks after the, the insurrection. So I understand them trying to distance themselves in a sense of survival, political survival, but it doesn't excuse that. Um, so, you know, Dan continues in his interview and he, uh, he tries to set up Oren to pile on to the fraud narrative Specifically, okay. So he asks uh, Oren if, you know, based on his earlier dubious claims of fraud, uh, if he was concerned that Democrats would try to steal the election. And Oren dodges and he redirects back to a position that was probably designed to keep him from being sued like OAN. And then Dan ends it with, he gets a little creepy. It's cause for concern, but I think the biggest problem is not voter fraud, it's voter apathy. Of course. And when people lose confidence, when they when they don't have faith that their vote will count, then they're going to sit it out and they're not going to cast their ballot. What we need people to do 
is cast your ballot. Make sure you get your ballot in the box uh, by tomorrow, because if you don't, then we have no case. We have no, um, you know. Yeah. Yep. We have to. And that's I keep telling everybody, don't mail it, fill it out, take it down to your polling station that it said on your envelope you're supposed to go to sign for it if they allow you whatever and say i want to watch you stick it in that lock box <laughs> and don't leave until you see it go in there i uh, i'm sorry i that think jay me. and i are both thinking that's what she said but and i'm not leaving until it's in there <laughs> I'm not leaving until I see it disappear. Oh, God. You remembered verbatim. So I wasn't the only one, right? No. Oh. Is this a secret porno show? Oh, God. Oh, man. That would get get us way more clicks. Ooh. Oh. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah, it was. But aside from Dan's creepiness, right? You notice that Oren is walking a very careful sort of tightrope here. Okay. This is, this is a problem that GOP has been coming up against voter fraud claims versus telling GOP voters to vote. You know, this was a problem that they had in the 2020 election and all that aftermath. Um, because it doesn't make any logical sense, right? What If you're convincing people that the system is flawed, right? Not even diving into the stochastic terrorism and the logical conclusion to commit political violence that goes with it, then why would you then think you could convince them to vote in good faith? You know, it, it, it doesn't add up, so. In, in certain corners of the internet, we refer to this as a leopard's ate my face moment. Wait, what? <laughs> is that are you making this up no no there's a subreddit called leopards ate my face and please, it's about people please elaborate who uh it's it's very simple it's about people who do things like claim there's voter fraud and then realize that people will lose confidence in the institution and not actually go vote and then they end up losing um it, it kind of comes from the concept of uh walking into a, a lion's cage and poking a lion and then be like, oh, it bit me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Or gotcha. what if they already knew that their Republican base had pre-voted through their auto renewal program and they're like, yeah, it's fraud. So they're not worried because it's <laughs> 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 pre-voted <laughs> and in Camino what? Real and elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Here's my conspiracy theory. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're, oh, we're getting deep. We're getting deep. I mean, I. Yeah. You know. I'm, wow. I never thought of that. Actually. You know. And and you know, it has a lot to do with like fundraising too, right? Because like they, you have to vote, right? But uh, just in case they, you know what it is? It's like, um, and I'm going back to the wire again because I my favorite fucking show. And again, I'm devastated that my Michael K. Williams passed R. I. P. away. Oh God. Um, but it's a funny thing because I, I think of one of my favorite characters on that show to use a pop culture reference was, uh, state Senator Clay Davis, uh, Clay. Yeah. Clay Davis. I think it was the name. Um, she, yes, yes. And he, you know, he, he rain, you know, he does the rainmaker thing. Like he can, he convinces somebody, oh, if something good happens, it's because you gave me money. And if something good doesn't happen, 
I convince you to give me more money. And that's kind of what, that's where my mind went in pop culture when I listened to this. It's, if we win, it's because we work so hard to subvert the voter fraud effort. And if we don't win, it's because it was voter fraud. But, you know, the key element there is people have to actually vote. Otherwise, they're just going to keep losing elections forever. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really know where they're going with this or how they keep selling people. They're just trying to keep um, fanning the flames of fear. <laughs> they're, they're trying to keep people in, engaged to the fear narrative. Like, oh, they're stealing our votes. Oh, they're stealing the election. Oh, we need to fight. Um, and it, it's just going to go on. Like, I think they've kind of settled into that. This is the new narrative uh, of their party. So, I, I mean, in this oh. regard, I, I, I really, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I hope it doesn't lead to more situations like the insurrection. Um, yeah. Like this this weekend is going to be very interesting to me. Um, I think it's either going to be a dud or another little crazy thing is going to happen. Um, I'm leaning more towards the dud side because so many people have gotten uh, roped up since the last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, July, do you want to uh, take us through what you're referring to? People might not know <clears throat> what's coming this weekend. There, there's going to be a rally on September 18th. Um, I don't even know the point of the rally at this point in time. Um, <laughs> but I guess they're getting together mm-hmm. to still make noise about uh, the 2020 election and uh, uh, I guess say that they believe that Donald Trump won and they want more investigation in the voter fraud and all these things. Um, there is some cue significance to the date of September 18th. Uh, I feel like it has something to do with Mike Lindell. Uh, I just, <laughs> I don't follow closely enough to get wrapped up in it, but I follow closely enough to uh, watch and see what happens. So I'll, I'll tell you what I know, uh, depending on who you ask, one of the main thrusts of the September 8th uh, rally that's coming up for D.C. is a rally in support of most of the people that face charges from the January 6th election or excuse me, January 6th insurrection, uh, because this group led. Uh, I guess sort of one of the main front guys is a guy named Matt Brainerd and him and his group hold the position that all the people that got, got roped on that day or eventually were arrested and charged for actions on that day are political prisoners. Um, which is an interesting, just an aside, that's an interesting turn of phrase because political prisoner, it, we're getting towards like the, the language of like insurgency and guerrilla warfare here, which mm-hmm. I mean, if that doesn't bother you, it fucking should. So I know that's one of the main thrusts that they're dealing with right now. So that should be so, fun. Uh, and I almost, uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can quickly find some more information, but I feel like um, after, was it March? March something? March 11th? Um, I feel like a, yeah, March 11th. I yep. feel like a few dates popped up. One was in August. One was in September, and one was like Trump's birthday for some reason. <laughs> um, uh, and these yeah. were all supposed to be key dates that something was supposed to happen. Um, and so I felt like the 18th came from these random key dates that they came up with, and then they kind of mutated into this. Oh, let's <laughs> let's make it support for the people who've been arrested. 
yeah, since January sixth. And that's the thing about a meta conspiracy like Q and everything that follows it is that it's whatever they say it is. I mean, if they if they say a date's significant, it's significant. You know, like mm-hmm. March eleventh, who gave a shit about March eleventh, right? It they were like, Oh, he's because of this obscure thing in history, maybe that's when Trump will really be uh, sworn in. And then August and September, that had to do, I believe, with Mike Lindell's um cyber symposium where he was supposedly going to show all the proof of uh, election fraud. And it turns out that he had been sold a bill of goods by some known grifter who'd ripped off a bunch of other people in the past, but I won't get into that. But anyways, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what that's going off of. So we, we will all look forward to that. So are we ready to go down one more level in propaganda world? I'm ready. Gonna take another sip. <laughs> yeah, I've got Destiny? my tea now. I'm ready. You ready? Okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, do what do either of you? I'll start with you, Destiny. This time, what do you know about Steve Bannon? <sighs> He's a piece of work, <laughs> to put it simply. <laughs> you're you're being far too generous. Yeah. Um, I believe he has his own TV show or talk yeah, he show. Does. Or something like that, where he's just basically, um, you know, Tucker Carlson type person on steroids, just spouting the most asinine shit. <laughs> and usually oh. the most offensive and awful things and oh, yeah. making a lot of money, too, I believe. Like, he's oh. like he's like Rush Limbaugh's love child almost in a way. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like if Rush Limbaugh's love child like ran out of his prednisone um, prescription, like that's kind of what this guy reminds me of. But uh, anyways, uh, Jay, what what do you know just off off top about Steve Bannon? So uh, there's two key things that when I hear Steve Bannon, uh, they always come to mind. One is that he's a political strategist. Like just straight up, that's literally what he does. Um, and two is that he was very heavily involved with Breitbart News to the point where he was like uh, the CEO or chairman. He was one of the co-founders. Oh, there we go. He's the co-founder. Um, so he is a big time propagandist, <laughs> uh, big time. Uh, and th- those are two things that kind of stick out with for me. Um, you know, I've kind of loosely followed him along the years. He's made some incredibly startling quotes uh, just about what his view on the world and what he sees as right for the world as a whole. And he's actually put uh, uh, pen to paper is the wrong uh, uh, alliteration to use, but he, he's really put in the groundwork to try and make his dreams come true. Uh, not just in America, but globally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a big booster of far-right causes and figures in Europe. Uh, he was one of the co-founders of Breitbart News. He served on the board of Cambridge Analytica. Uh, that should probably ring a few bells. Um, oh, and he was arrested in August 2020 for mail fraud uh, related to the We Build the Wall campaign. Did you guys hear about that? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Destiny, did you hear about the the arrest? No, was he the one trying to win the contract? 
He no 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 no. So basically, it was like think like Kickstarter on steroids. They took private donations for a campaign. We build the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was total bullcrap that campaign, right? They, they skimmed a shitload of money. Yeah, and in the end, uh, it was the United States Postal Inspector Service that went onto a yacht and fucking arrested him. So by the way, don't mess with the United States Postal Service. <laughs> and see, that's what I think this is all about. Everybody's talking about how mail-in ballots are evil. I think it's just an it's an ancient battle between the USPS and Steve Bannon, and we're just proxies, you know? If we're gonna get full conspiracy theory. <laughs> I like Excellent. that conspiracy. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. So we need a hero. I'll think of that next episode. So uh, this is, we're going to be diving into one of, uh, Steve Bannon's shows. This is the war room pandemic and this is the sept- yeah, the war room pandemic. Um, it, uh, I sourced Sorry, this- what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, this is, <laughs> by the way, I should mention that this came courtesy of his channel on rumble, dot com the um mm. right-wing youtube clone that is owned in part by dan bongino i will not link this one in the show notes because i don't want anyone to go there but it was steve bannon's war room from september 14th if you've got a computer and you really want to you can figure it out but his 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 shit is not going to be living on my podcast so <sighs> we're gonna take a quick look at his september 14th broadcast day of the recall election so Bannon kicks it off, right? He's got a quick rant uh, that is hopefully not going to prime his audience for violence down the road, but it maybe will. CNN had a 10-minute opening segment today, on a big film that they're doing about the big lie, what they call it. And um, we, we're, we're going to play some clips throughout the morning. The reason is, is that if that's the best they've got, they go to Maricopa County, they go to Michigan, they go to other places. If this is the best Zucker's got, We've got this. Um, A dangerous and pivotal time in American history is what CNN says. I could not agree more in the great patriots that are saving this uh, republic across the the board. And by the way, the people who are doing it are the ones that listen and watch this show as uh, as the mainstream media and the left media comes hard at the war room posse because they're completely freaked out that you've taken to the streets, they're completely freaked out you're going to protest, that you're at school boards, that you're taking over the Republican Party and precinct committees, and that you're not going to uh, you're not going to rest until you get to the bottom of what has gone on in 3 November. Also, get to the bottom of the Wuhan lab and to find out exactly what this nonsense is about trying to force vaccinations on everybody, not letting people make free and informed uh, choices. So he covers like all the right-wing talking points in a minute. Anti-vaxxer stuff, uh, election fraud stuff, Wuhan lab stuff. Uh, <laughs> so that's his intro. Destiny, what, 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 do you, what do you think? that? What's the tone? What are you getting from this? Um, well, I mean, it starts with, if we're calling it a war room, it definitely is sounding like something to get someone ready for battle. But I'm just, I've been seeing a lot of videos lately of people exposing... Um, folks who are going to like legit school board meetings and yelling at them about mask mandates and saying straight up to these poor board members and people trying to like protect children like I know where you live so (laughs) and I'm like um 
okay, just put a mask on. We don't need to get that wild about it. But like hearing that rhetoric from him, I'm like, maybe that's his audience. And this is what he is actually inciting in schools across the nation. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I did not know that. I didn't know people were screaming at school board members. I know where you live. I thought it was all like, yeah. like Liberty Patriot stuff. I didn't know that part. Oh no. School board members it's are really quitting bad. because yeah. of the vitriol. Like people are going in and being just nasty, but all sorts of nasty uh, and people are quitting. And actually, there's a whole movement to say, don't quit because this is what they want. They're going to come step into the school board and fuck it all up. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, there's a movement. Please don't quit because you're being threatened. That's a movement. What's their hashtag? Um, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> it, it is a real movement. And it actually might actually have a hashtag. I bet it but does. Yeah, it's it's encouraging people to not quit school boards because of the amount of harassment they're receiving from people walking in. Because if they quit, then the type of people who will step into the position are just going to really make things worse. Oh, uh, you know, I if think they I... actually do the work. Yeah, I think I <laughs> a did lot of hear people about don't that. actually want to work. Oh wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, wow, that's fucked up. Okay. It's pretty awful. It's kind of like, you know, the uh, governor that was threatened, right, at their home, the, like, last year after um, oh, some... Oh, yeah, the uh, the Michigan governor who, yeah. uh, they, they arrested a bunch of people that were plotting to uh, kidnap her. Uh, Whitmer. Whitmer, yeah. Yeah, name. they're like, we'll just go to your house and mess you up for trying to protect people. And it's like, what the... Yeah. And, you know, that's actually a talking point now that, um, I mean, some like sort of distant relatives I have their 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 thing about that with the arrests for the conspiracy charges. They're they're going to say, I guess the defense is, you know, oh, the FBI set them up. It's entrapment. They weren't really going to do it except for like informants and FBI agents. And I'm like, OK, first of all, right off the bat, I fully acknowledge what we all know, which is the FBI has a history of fucking around and breaking the law and setting people up and maybe even murdering people, but doing it to white supremacists, that might be a first. I got to be honest. That, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Michigan militia, you ain't Fred Hampton, you know, just you're not. So anyways, just want to point that out. Wow, that's fucked up. Okay. Whew, okay, this is throwing me off. <laughs> okay, so, oh, and by the way, um, the whole tone of uh, Steve Bannon's talking points, I feel like this is a good time to remind our listeners that Twitter su- uh, permanently suspended the War Room pandemic account uh, on, I believe it was November 6th of last year, after a video circulated in which Bannon said he would like to put the heads of Dr. Fauci and FBI Director Ray on pikes on top of the White House as a warning to other bureaucrats to, quote, get with the program. So... Yeah, he did that. It took uh, YouTube another couple of months to uh, suspend uh, the War Room channel on their uh, website because I guess that was like right after the uh, the insurrection. They realized they better get that guy off. The ad so. revenue was just too good. <laughs> right? Uh, we could, yeah, we could just do another one on YouTube like right now. But yeah, anyways, so Bannon continues and he brings on a guy named 
Tom Del Beccaro, uh, who is a failed political candidate and California-based GOP operative. Uh, Tom talks about the math, you know, like uh, in the recall election, like what's needed for it to succeed, for Newsom to be recalled, telling viewers to get out and vote get their friends out to vote. And I'll be honest with you, it's relatively, it's actually pretty non-threatening in his delivery. That's really all he's saying. He's talking about like the math is possible if people get out and vote. So I'm like, okay, okay. Like absent the context of, you know, the threat of neo-fascist American politics, that's fine. But Bannon's reaction is kind of funny. See, Bannon starts to ramble about Larry Elder and what the recall was always really about. The only thing that is relevant, this is the fog of war again. There's only one thing irrelevant. We said this when we had you on the show six months ago, when you hadn't even had enough, ball- enough signatures to get, get the thing on. The only thing that's relevant is 50% plus one vote to remove Gavin Newsom from office. That is the yeah, purpose of this. A purpose of this exercise is that. It's not, you know, not talk show hosts and not uh, Bruce Jenner and not all these other people out there, you know, running around and Fox News promoting him and a bunch of guys jumping out there and raising money, these consultants trying to do ads and everything like that. This is once again taking your eye. This is snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. And Larry Elder, let me be blunt, three weeks ago when he said Joe Biden won the election and Trump didn't win, boom, all of a sudden you felt the heat in the Trump movement uh, start to drop for coming out here. We had this. This was as close to a lock as you could get. We had these guys panicked. And if Newsom is not removed from office, if Newsom's not removed from office today, Gavin Newsom is going to be the leading uh, guy to take Joe Biden, because Joe Biden's not going to run again. He's going to be the leading guy to take the nomination from Joe Biden and, or take the nomination in 2024. Trust me, if you don't take him out now, he's, uh, he's coming in hard. If you don't take him out now, he's coming in hard. I don't like that. I don't like that because of a term that I... Uh, you, you guys know what stochastic terrorism is? Tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> Destiny? Oh, no, I meant, yeah, tell us more. Because oh, oh, for yeah. me, I was just like, that sounds like you're trying to tell someone to murder him. Like, oh, yeah, ah, there you go. Yeah. But lose- <laughs> you got it. So stochastic terrorism, and I'm oversimplifying, but basically what it is, is it's a method of speaking or writing or conveying a message to others in such a way where you're not legally for all intents and purposes legally telling somebody to commit violence and you're not legally inciting violence but given the bigger picture the logical conclusion will lead people to violence you see and you know the 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 choice of words are very deliberate here i mean you kind of touched on it destiny his na- the name of his show is war room you know so there's that um and i think it's kind of an interesting thing to comment about how elders screwed things up with the trump base right by saying that you know by by elder acknowledging that biden won the presidential election because here's the thing if it didn't matter who was replacing newsom why did the lack of trump election fraud messaging hurt the recall effort if this was only about the failures of Newsom, you know, uh, why why should that matter who was messaging what, you know, and, and or appealing to the Trump base? It shouldn't, you there know? you go again with that simple logic. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of guys. Like Oren uh, Hatley, he went on record a few, uh, about a month ago, basically saying, like, 
Elder screwed this up, you know? Um, and he might've had a point there because one of the things Elder did was he said the quiet part loud, you know, uh, like Kevin Faulkner, um, as much as he sucks, he wasn't going to say the things that Elder said, you know? And, and the fact that Elder didn't start to lose steam, according to, you know, Bannon, until he refused to repeat the big lie, I mean, that's very telling about the intentions of what was really going on here, you know? Because that's very important to the messaging is this was a bipartisan, you know, logical conclusion to the two and a half years of uh, under Gavin Newsom or some shit. So, I don't know. I don't know. So... Yeah. Um, so he moves on and he talks about the next guest. Uh, he talks with Sarah Ham, who's going to be running for uh, California Secretary of State. But uh, uh, before he gets to that, I just want to this is kind of fun. So Bannon's talking to his co-host, a guy named Raheem Kassam, uh, about the focus on Elder being misdirection by the mainstream media, you know, and it was distracting from the true purpose. And uh, a mem- uh, Kassam is a member of the Reform UK Party, which was really originally known as the Brexit Party, by the way. Um, Kassam says something, and then Bannon has to cut very abruptly to commercial. I think it was a misdirected play, and I think a lot of people fell for it. Um, I, having said that, I think there is something wider here, and of course that goes down to the integrity of elections, and it goes to the beginning uh, cold open that you had there, because you've got uh, Morning Joe gibbering on about authoritarianism and so on and so forth. I got a new name for this guy in the White House. It's Vladimir Biden. You know, the way that these elections <laughs> are being run in this country yeah. is nothing unlike uh, sure, Russia. Sure. Short, short break back with Raheem and Rachel Ham in a minute. So I just. That's hilarious. <laughs> if you make Steve Bannon uncomfortable, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of you. I, you know, it's like, okay, so I, we could hear the music, you know, you could, I'll say, okay, maybe that was like, they were supposed to break, but I got to say the timing of that was brilliant. You know, like the moment his compatriot brings up Russia, you know, to Steve Bannon, who is linked to Trump, who is linked to Russia, you know, he's like, oh, we got to go to break, you know, but there's a reason why he had to go to break because, you know, Steve Bannon, he relies on support and he relies on support through, you know, making sure his, his audience has access to the best possible products. Okay. Uh, this is great news. MyPillow.com promo code war room because of uh, discussions with the great Mike Lindell, the CEO over there. Guess what's back? Towels. Towels. Towels are back. That's what he interrupted for. Mike Lindell, by the way, I don't know how he has so much money. This is this is an aside. I just I thought that was really funny. You can get your towels elsewhere. FYI, yeah, Bed Bath there are many places. No, Bed Bath went out of business. <laughs> oh, did they? No, they did. They did. Oh, they 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 filed for bankruptcy. They're not quite out of business. Oh, okay. <laughs> We lost the one in our our neck yeah. of the woods, unfortunately. They're restructuring and they close, let's say, 300 stores or something like that. Uh, I think the one in Emeryville is still open. That's some bullshit. We should do the podcast about yeah. that. Jesus. Uh, yeah, the so rise and fall still, of the puppy. You'll still get those mailers in the mail. Uh, oh, okay. You can probably use them online for a little bit after. <laughs> they also stack, you know, don't, and they never expire. Power and consequence, <laughs> not brought to you in any way by Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> but holla, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wish I had that Bed Bath and Beyond money. Christ. Anyways, 
Um, yeah, maybe that was a coincidence, but he did not like that Russia thing. You know, he pivots to Mike Lindell, his most important sponsor, probably. Uh, and then Kassam and uh, Bannon, they talk about the recall. They talk about Elder. Kassam mentions Putin again while talking about research and the recall election uh, coverage has been held. I was going back and looking through some of the New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning coverage of Russia from 2017. And the, 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 the story says this really stood out to me. Quote, Mr. Putin's government has cracked down hard on dissent, spying on, jailing and critics charge, sometimes assassinating opponents while consolidating control over the news media and Internet. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Vladimir Biden. No, 100%. This is exactly what it's about. We're going to get to Matt Brainerd there in the protests for the January 6th political prisoners. You've got some polling we're going to get to in a second, but i got to go back to California. Rachel Ham. Yeah, Bannon is a long-winded guy, and he's got zero comment on Russia, the former special advisor to Trump. I'm just saying. He probably also just doesn't want uh, a negative reflection of Russia on his show. Oh, shit, no. No, no, no. Yeah. So probably he's probably sponsored sponsored by uh well I don't know who he's sponsored by. I don't watch his show that much. But anyways, so I want to wrap this up and with that we're gonna look at Bannon's next guest, Rachel Ham. Rachel is running for Secretary of State in California against Shirley Weber. Um the Secretary of State, among other things, serves as the chief executive officer, uh, among other responsibilities. So it's a lot of a lot of power, right? It has a lot of oversight. So you guys remember how earlier Bannon tried to get Tom Del Beccaro to bite on voter fraud, right? And he didn't really, he didn't go for it. So he tries the same thing with Rachel. So let's see how she does. Rachel, this thing is another mess. We got the mail-in ballot mess. We got, we have all kind of people we could have on here. I know you've interviewed a bunch of people. We could have people on here saying, I showed up. They already said I voted. What, what is the pro, what's the central problem in California w- with this election, with the mail-in ballots and the machines? Well, I mean, they're stealing the election in real time. And it's not just a few people who are showing up and finding out that someone has already voted in their name. At one poll, they actually said that 70 percent, not seven, 70 percent of the people who showed up to vote were told that someone had already voted in their name. Um, If this election is certified, I think we need to move straight into suing, suing the secretary of state, the registrars, the county election boards. this is unacceptable. We are watching it in real time. They're very arrogant, too. They're just kind of like doing it right out in the open. I think Rachel Ham is going to get herself sued. That's my that's my uh, prediction right here. I don't know. They, they've they gotten away with saying so much. <laughs> and, and they're really just, I think the big problem is that there's been no real consequence. Like, um, aside from Rachel Ham, like you talk about Mike Lindell and even Steve Bannon himself, like, they they've had these lawsuits put toward them, but there's been no award. There's been no uh, what's the word? Where you, they're they're silenced. They they ha- there's been no injunction against them speaking on certain things. Um, I think the closest thing was Fox News, where they couldn't talk about it. But in general, these people aren't suffering any consequences, and that's why they just keep going about saying whatever the hell they want. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I I don't know. I mean, she just because she flat out said, like, they're stealing it. Like, I mean, she's 
we have now completely dispensed with any type of like innuendo. It's like, no, they're stealing it. So, and this is, and this is the woman who wants to be in charge of California elections. So that's fun. I, I don't know. Destiny, does she have your vote so far? No. Vote of what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually quite stricken by how similar both Steve Bannon and Larry Elder sound, actually. Like when he was talking, I was like, this sounds kind of like similar tonality and way of talking that Larry Elder had. And I, y'all can run some clips together and check me. But I was like, he sound, I almost mistook him for a second for the other dude. Yeah, in I terms mean, like voice. the tone. Yeah, yeah. Their, their tone, the pace, how they speak. And really, it's the talking points, mm, you know, the talking which, points, yeah. And which was kind of the whole point of this is just like we focused on Larry Elder and I forgot that like Larry Elder is just he's not the guy who's pushing this, you know, and Jelani, as you mentioned, like Steve Bannon is a political operative. I mean, it's and, you know, not saying he's good or bad, but I mean, as a person, but he is effective. You know, he has mm-hmm. been successful. He has influenced things that shook up the world. I mean, I don't want to oversell him, but he did do those things. I mean, in the same way that Roy Cohn was a political fixer with probably without equal, that didn't make him any less an evil human being. So just saying, you know. Yeah, these people operate in a very studied fashion. They they know exactly yeah. what they're doing. Um, they know exactly who they're talking to. They know exactly how to um, ride this line between getting sued and not getting sued. <laughs> so it's 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 very interesting to me to watch them operate. Um, and at the same time, I, I hope that at least one day there's consequences for their for their actions. Uh, I, I I'm not a true believer in karma, but uh, I believe if you play with fire, you you will get burned. Oh, by the way, that 70%, that's a reference to the Woodland Hills story. That's just a different person. It was a, it was a Newsmax uh, version of the same story that we covered at the top. So, yeah, there we go. It's made its way all the way down to Steve Bannon's war room, that KTLA irresponsible reporting. So, thanks, Chris Wolf. That was, that was great. Thanks it's for that. It's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe there is a conspiracy, just not the one they keep telling us it is. So... Steve Bannon, he starts talking about establishment Republicans who are talking about the need to subpoena ballots in in Pennsylvania and the need to canvas Philadelphia and blah, blah, blah. It's very old. It's been done. Um, and then he offers Rachel another bite of the fraud apple by asking how we, quote unquote, we allowed uh, this possible voter fraud to occur that she was referring to earlier. And Rachel's answer is something, it's basically out of the 2020 election fraud playbook. So Rachel, how did how did we allow, I know you're not Secretary of State, but how did we allow a situation with poll workers and everything like that, that it's 70% of, you're saying it's some poll or people show up in some district and 70% of the things, uh, their ballots have already been uh, filled out by other people. How does that happen? How did we allow that to happen? Well, I don't think we did allow it to happen. I mean, we have poll watchers all over the place that are reporting catastrophes in all of the different polls. So we have eyes on everything as much as they are allowing us. They're using COVID as an excuse. So a lot of the watchers are being kept, you know, the whole six feet back to keep everyone safe. So they can't see very well. But we, I mean, we put things in place. We're doing everything we can do. But when you're 
when you're working with thieves, it's really hard, right? Because they don't play by the rules. So we are doing every everything we can to watch, to try to make it honest and fair. And what we're finding is that it's not honest and fair, but this is the deal. The other people that you just talked about, they're having to do something retroactively. We are in real time able to do it. So I am calling on the Secretary of State not to certify. We have to get to the bottom of how many of these provisional ballots were issued in this election versus the past couple of elections. Is there a difference? I think we need to know the answer to that. Are there more? And what's the breakdown, you know, Democrats versus Republicans? How many of the Republicans are the ones that are showing up and finding out they've already had someone vote in their name? I want to know the answer to that, Shirley Weber. What's the breakdown? And then how are these provisional ballots being adjudicated? Okay, I cut her off right there because she seriously just keeps going. I don't know. Any, any reactions to where she's going with this, with the don't certify? That sounds familiar to me. That and it's just they're they're back at it again with asking asking these generic questions in order to sow doubt in, in people's mind. Um, and I feel like we should just start firing back at them. Like... Who are you, Miss Rachel Hand, <laughs> to be asking this question? Like, like, what are your credentials? Uh, Rachel Ham is an author, for the record. Um, how many books did you write? Well, one for sure. <laughs> um, Life Beginning, Connecting You with God. Uh, on her website, rachelham.com, God, the source. It's like, I live to connect you to God, the source of all good things. Um, and I think you can, oh God, is there an app? No, I saw someone else typing on her laptop in a Starbucks. What does that mean? Did she <laughs> did she have a ghostwriter? Oh, I like where you're going with this. I think Let's no, it was God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who who was that back in the day? Who was that? Uh, who said God told her to run for president? This was like the Tea Party movement. Uh, Bachman, Michelle Bachman. Oh, Michelle Bachman. Yeah. yeah, I remember her. Another one of them said that too. It was one of the male candidates said it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got... think... Oh, sorry. No, no, go, go. Yeah. I was just going to say with her initial responses, I was like, who are the we we were talking about, first Always. of all? like, Yeah, like, who are these we people, shadow people that you're talking about that are watching that are watching the polls and all of that. And that's, I think that's cult speak. They're making people not feel alone. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I think about my, my friend who was, um, um, running one of the polls, like they, as a volunteer, like it was supposed to be there. And they told me that they were being shouted at a, a lot by a bunch of QAnon people. So really? I'm like, is that the, we you're talking about? Those, those people are your, we, <laughs> Oh wow! Could could you give us like a general region of where that was happening? That was in San Francisco. Are you sh- really? Yeah. Wow, I would have thought like Orange County for sure, but okay, oh, okay. I know cute people I, in San are, Francisco. We are there. We are there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm God. doing quotes around we. <laughs> oh Jesus, that is that is that's fucking frightening. I guess I to be fair, the People's Temple was in San Francisco. Jim Jones and all that. So yeah. Oh, yeah, that 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 rhetoric that sounded way too close to the rhetoric that was leading up to the January 6th election or uh, excuse me, the, I keep slipping the uh, January 6th insurrection. And I think that Manning kind of recognizes that this is he's kind of getting on dangerous ground in terms of like criminal or civil liability down the road. So in this last part, he treads somewhat carefully, but he still lets uh, Rachel Ham, you know, do her thing. 
What are the people out there doing right now to collect the information, data, and evidence that can be used to stop the certification if, in fact, you can show that this election has got big problems? The Election Integrity Project of California is collecting citizens' incidents reports so that we can move into to suing them with those affidavits and um, witnesses. Yeah. So, and then he plugs Getter, the shitty um, alternative to Twitter. It's like formed by Jason Miller. He used to work for Donald Trump. So, yeah, sounds like Get Her. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I noticed that in that last one, he's just like, if you have evidence, if there is evidence, you know, uh, what can people do? And her suggestion is affidavits, which is exactly what got Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood in trouble is all these people claiming like, oh, I'm an expert and here's the evidence. And then they go to court with them and now they're being sued for $1.6 billion. So, or $1.3 billion. By the way, if you ever want an entertaining evening, uh, watch some of those live testimonies. (laughs) There was a, oh, there was that one woman who I'm pretty sure swore she wasn't drunk, but definitely looked like she was drunk. That mm-hmm. was that was a good one. That was a good one. I think she ended up trying to run for office or something, and or saying she was going to. But uh, anyways, so yeah, yeah, we've we've gone three levels down. We've we've followed a story from KTLA, which is ostensibly mainstream, and we've gotten all the way down to Steve Bannon and Rachel Ham, who is trying to be in control of California elections, who is saying flat out. The election is being stolen. And by the way, all those like um, watchers reporting all kinds of outrageous things at polls. I, I, I did a, I did a Google search. I've even in like the darker corners of the internet. I'm not seeing much. I don't know if you guys have heard of any allegations so far. Uh, nothing no, so far. No bamboo threads recently. No bamboo. <laughs> No, no uh, North Korean ships. I was just wondering if they all get paid ten thousand dollars per report, or oh god, I didn't even think of that. That's so uh, honestly, fucked up. My first thought kind of went there, and I was like, "We need to get the internet on this to help them find evidence of the voter fraud." Oh yeah, um, I'm sure, sure there's it's a TikTok effort. We can get started. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so fucked up, man. What's going on in Texas with the with the the bounty hunter kind of program that they have effectively. That's I'm sure you got I, an episode coming later down the line on that. <laughs> oh shit. There's plenty of people responsible, actual journalists that are covering this. I recommend people read up on this extensively because the, uh, the extra legal, not unconstitutional fuckery coming out of that state is just like, I it's beyond parody at this point. You know, you can't make this shit up. So with that, um, let's see, Jelani, I will start with you. We kind of covered like, you know, we started with Larry Elder at the beginning of this, and now it's like we stepped back and looked at the the bigger picture. So, you know, uh, demagoguery and right wing politics and, you know, stochastic terrorism and all of these terms, like final thoughts on, on where you think we are, you know, because we all live in the state of California, like. Any any concerns? You think you you think this will blow over? You think this might be leading to something? You know, not to become alarmist, um, but well, I want to point out something. Uh, I was actually surprised at the margin of victory um, in this uh, recall election. 
for the same reason, I felt like there was a lot of apathy. Um, and so I think that it's, it's good that a lot more people were paying attention than they thought were. Uh, and a, a lot of people voted for what logically makes sense. Um, uh, I've seen some articles that said that this is a referendum on vaccines. And well, I don't quite think that's the case. Uh, I think it's a referendum on, you know, half decent leadership. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say Gavin Newsom is perfect, but uh, I feel safe in California and I would not feel safe if I was in certain other states. Um, and I think there's a bunch of people who agree. And that's why Gavin Newsom is still in office today. Uh, and not some third-party shill. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't, like, rhetoric like this has always existed, and so I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, but I'm just, I'm glad it didn't have as much of an impact it had on this state um, recall election as it did on the national level. So far. I mean, I, one of the big concerns is that operatives in California are, sort of supplying a, a playbook for the rest of the country to sort of circumvent democracy, you know, cause I mean, in theory, you know, six, you know, or like 20% could have decided who the new governor was, which is hardly in keeping with, you know, a liberal democracy, which is questionable if that is what we are at this point. Um, Destiny, final thoughts on what we're talking about, where we're heading, and how glad you are to be going to a different country soon. No, I, I honestly, because um, I was listening to a bit, a snippet of this on the radio earlier today, and I was, same as you, Jay, just surprised that really it's, when we get down to it, like a little over one third <laughs> of California, which is, still like a, a you know against Gavin Newsom wanted to recall which is still pretty big number in my opinion to have um going against things in their best interest so um i i hope we can maintain momentum of like doing the right thing and you know ha trying to have policies and politicians that are actually trying to think logical and having a good track record of um you know, supporting Californians. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm completely satisfied, but um, I am also glad to be living in California at the end of the day. <laughs> and, you know, and I'll, I'll say this with this sort of, you know, this fiasco being behind us, uh, this recall election farce that cost us about 270 something million dollars as a state, by the way. Um, you know, we're sort of in a unique opportunity to sort of, I guess, I guess the word I'd use is press Newsom to sort of follow through and understand like, hey, man, like you, you're it. Okay, you can do progressive things, you can help people, you don't have to be a shill to use one of Jelani's words to corporations. I mean, I know that's where most of his money comes from. So this is asking a lot of a professional politician, but I would hope that people would get out and put the pressure on him. If only because it's like, Hey man, you owe us, you know, like we, you could have been ousted, you know, it could have swung the other way with the wrong messaging, you know, it's just like as a, and as a governor, like just generally, like I'm not a particular fan but I just, I never believe that 
the recall was was in keeping with democracy. So I hope that everyone out there will keep up the pressure on Gavin Newsom and use this as a way to sort of convince him to sort of actually do something to help people, you know, rather than just help himself, which is kind of what let this thing get momentum in the first place, you know? So that's, that's really all I have to say about that. Here, here. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, uh, I think we will end it there on a semi hopeful note for once, which is nice for us. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and you can follow destiny uh, destiny. You, you, you got your work as always. Let, let our people know where they can follow your work. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow, um, my podcast, get drunk, get woke, uh, get drunk, get woke.com. Um, currently on most of the streaming platforms so go check and have a look-see um all the places all the places if you're into um art you can follow my instagram at ktsn lab and see what i'm drawing and maybe you'll like it uh hopefully you do thanks (laughs) right on And, and jelani i know you mentioned you're taking a pause right now but uh you know i've enjoyed working with you on this uh on this elder series the elder scrolls uh, no, I need a better title than that. Yeah, that is a great game. Do not, <laughs> do, do <laughs> not taint it. <laughs> Sorry, and I don't want to get sued. So, unlike maybe uh, Rachel Ham, but uh, yeah, I, I hope we will see you back on the show in the future, Jay. Oh, I think, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with that, everybody, keep your heads up. Uh, find a local charity to donate to. Try to do something nice for someone in your community and uh steve bannon is a ghoul and he's fomenting something maybe bad and don't listen to him ever okay have a good one